Welcome back to the LG Procast, the podcast for Victoria's local government decision makers. In this episode, we interrogate what councils lost in the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games, but also what they stand to gain. The Premier announced the Commonwealth Games would not be going ahead last week, claiming cost blowouts in the billions. At the same time, he announced new and redirected funding for housing, tourism and sport to the tune of $2 billion. LG Pro caught up with chief executives from both regional and rural councils to find out how this is affecting their organisations. Peter Harriet joins us from Greater Shepparton City Council. He also represents Shepparton at Regional Cities Victoria, an alliance of 10 regional Victorian cities that represent the collective interests of the regions. Peter walks us through where the Commonwealth Games story began for Shepparton six years ago. Well, I'll go back to the uh, 13th of uh, April 2017, where we launched the regional Commonwealth Games concept here at Victoria Park Lake in Shepparton. We weren't one of the four athletes' villages, but we were one of the five hubs. So we were planning for BMX events and time trial events on the road. And we're putting various staff in place. We're liaising with the organising authority. Uh, we're getting facilities organised. We were uh, we were all set to go. To more recent history, Peter recalls his reaction to last week's announcement of the cancellation. We were not prepared for the announcement. We didn't expect the announcement. And we'd had recent meetings with key uh, players and uh, we thought that the Games was proceeding. And obviously, when we received the announcement yesterday, we were most disappointed, but we're looking at what the opportunities are going forward now. On the one hand, there are impacts to the public. We were starting to talk to the accommodation industry, for example, and they were starting to plan bookings. We were about to run an industry-led procurement forum to see uh, who could participate in the various uh, procurement uh, opportunities. So there are a number of people that would be impacted On the other hand, there are impacts on council projects and infrastructure. We were just getting into the memorandums of understanding and the agreements to be put in place for the partnership arrangements and what that meant in relation to contributions to infrastructure and what that meant to contributions to running the event. Now, here in Shepparton, we're quite experienced in running international free Olympic Games events, uh, all those sorts of things. So we were quite excited about being ingrained into the organising committee and uh, having our staff uh, help participate and and run. So that would have come at a cost, but we were quite happy to do that. While regional councils course correct after last week's announcement, the simultaneous announcement of new and redirected funding offers new opportunities. Well, the basis of running Commonwealth Games in the regions was to change the focus from metropolitan Melbourne large expenditure in metropolitan Melbourne to expenditure in the regions. And the $2.6 billion was a fantastic announcement for for that to happen and all the leveraging that could have come from that, all the marketing and promotion and tourism and visitation. So now that the claims have been cancelled, it is still so important that uh, similar investment is made and similar opportunities are provided for regional Victoria. So a billion dollars for affordable housing, that's critical. Per head of population, Shepparton has the largest affordable housing crisis in the state. And the other billion dollars for a whole range of things, um, including uh, I think 550 is to go for committed 
sports infrastructure associated with the games. We'd, we'd probably ask for a bit of a review of that and say that uh, now that that infrastructure that was specifically for games components is, is not going to happen, that there should be a, a more equitable distribution of that uh, $550 million. And in that regard, uh, we've got a basketball stadium uh, that uh, needs about a $45 million uh, injection that we would argue would fit into that 550 or the uh, the other billion aside from the housing billion. So I think it opens it up for opportunities for a whole range of municipalities and councils to, to participate uh, bigger than what it uh, otherwise would have. Now, this opens it up for a, a broader review. As a predominantly regionally focused event, the redirection of funds from the Games is a particular opportunity now for rural councils. CEO of Yarri Yambiak Shire Council and Treasurer of Rural Councils Victoria, Tammy Smith joins us for the Rural Perspective. From a rural council's perspective, it's had uh, really little impact because we really weren't going to be benefiting as such from the Commonwealth Games being held in regional areas. The big probably thing that we were working on was the legacy items. So we were working at a regional partnership sort of level and we were putting in for housing, potentially the relocatable housing that could be um, redistributed out into the regions and to rural areas. As Tammy noted here and Peter touched on earlier, social and affordable housing are some of the biggest opportunities from last week's announcement for both rural and regional councils. So the $1 billion housing fund for the 1,300 new social and affordable housing homes in rural and regional Victoria, for us at Yarri Yambiak, that's, that's a huge benefit. And I know it's a huge benefit for our other rural councils within rural councils Victoria, because like for us, we have... We have effectively four sites ready to go, uh, ready to pitch for housing, for social and affordable housing. Probably the key thing with the housing, though, I think we, you know, we probably need to point out to the government, rural areas need to have a lot more flexibility and ideally we need affordable housing because social housing can be quite limited with the, the tenants that you can put into those homes where affordable housing has so much more flexibility for us and potentially, you know, we can utilise that housing for skilled workers um, to attract and retain uh, new migrants to the region. So there's a lot more flexibility for us with an affordable housing model. Funding opportunities are much broader under the changes, meaning more councils are eligible for money for a wider range of projects. Tammy outlines the possibilities for rural councils. We know that there's $150 million for regional tourism and events fund. I think that's a great opportunity as well for us, uh, especially because the government's looking to establish the visitor economy partnerships. And so it's quite fitting, really, that we can all start having the the broader conversation about establishing the visitor economy partnerships and then potentially tapping into some of these funding opportunities. So I think that in itself is going to create some great opportunities, especially for um, the rural councils. Uh, And then the new 60 million regional um, community sport development fund, that potentially will, you know, hopefully benefit some of the, the rural uh, areas as well. And I know for us at Yarri Ambiak, we've got two master plans that we've developed. We've got master plans for Matoa Recreation Reserve and Anzac Park, um, which is a, a large rec- multi-purpose recreation reserve. Both need significant investment. However, this funding round, you know, gives us hope that there is going to be money available for us to be able to apply for opportunities. 
Regional councils, including those that were set to benefit from Commonwealth Games, might also have more flexible access to funding, depending on what gets deemed eligible by the state government. Here's Peter with examples. Dave Shepparton, for example, uh, we've been working with the organising committee and the government to upgrade the facilities at the BMX track and um, provide some club rooms and associated um, facilities for the cycle club uh, next door. Uh, I believe they're valued at about uh, $2 million. So uh, that, that's important work, but from a regional perspective, our number one project is the basketball stadium uh, and events stadium that I talked about before, which is a much larger project. But uh, And we, we lobbied for that earlier on, but um, we didn't get games components that would be utilised there. And uh, there was a clear message that the games didn't have the capacity to fund uh, allied uh, uh, facilities. So uh, that still remains our number one sporting project. So yes, we will be arguing to say that, yes, if you want to fund, uh, continue to fund the BMX and the cycle component, that's great because we've got ongoing facilities and ongoing programs that we're going to hold over many, many years. But uh, our number one priority is the uh, is the basketball stadium, and we would like some of the money uh, that's allocated out of the $1 billion to be redistributed to those sorts of projects. So how should councils be approaching the state government to capitalise on this potential? We go back to Tammy to explain. So I think we need to all be getting ready and planned um, for the opportunities that are going to arise from this. But I think I would probably be saying to the government, it's really important for them to partner with Rural Councils Victoria and work with us as a committee, because I think we have, we're in a prime position to actually help them understand and meet the the needs and, and set their guidelines up for how it can benefit rural and regional communities. It would help actually the government understand some of the challenges that uh, rural councils face. And a good example of this is when we actually, um, a number of us obviously applied for uh, the big housing uh, build for affordable and social housing. And a lot of us were were ruled out and it's because the cost in rural Victoria is so much higher than that of some of the larger regional cities and metropolitan Melbourne. So we need to have some flexibility in the guidelines to be able to make us competitive and, and make uh, make it more enticing for the government to be able to um, apply funding out into our rural areas. The other key point I would like to make is that if housing is built in rural areas, it has a much larger, it has a really strong and large impact on rural communities. So if you, if the government um, gave us funding to build six affordable houses, say in Warwick-Nabil, that's effectively six new families to the community. It's effectively 12 uh, people to fill positions that we can't fill. It's more children to the schools. It has a really great benefit on our sporting clubs and art and culture scene. So there's lots to be gained from in, in investing in rural communities. It's early days on the new announcement, but Peter's hopeful. We're having conversations with the government about um, let's try and consider the bigger picture as well as what's already been planned and um, let's get a logical uh, outcome, the best bang for buck outcome out of this. And I think we'll be listened to and uh, quite um, hopeful that that will lead to um, some really good results for not only our council, but uh, many other regional and rural councils throughout Victoria. Thank you to Peter and Tammy for this episode's interviews and thank you for joining us. (laughs) 